0: Great news guys. We have partnered with the good folks over at moonwalker.com and moonwalker is one of our favorite CBD companies that offer a wide variety of products. Those include Delta 8, CBD, HHC, CBN, CBG, and many, many more. Moonwalker has become the industry leader in Delta 8 and CBD products, pushing the boundaries of what is truly possible with hemp. By combining Award-winning terpenes and natural flavors in unique custom blends, they explore new dimensions of taste, balance, and euphoria for all cannabinoids. Moonwalker offers tincture, gummies, vape cartridges, disposal vapes, and much, much more. I personally take the full-spectrum CBD at 750 milligrams of CBD and have completely left my anxiety prescription in the cabinet. Anyone who listens to our show knows that we are teachers during the day and would not endorse something that would put us or our listeners in jeopardy when it comes to testing. If you are interested in supporting us and this great company, head over to moonwalker.com and use affiliate code MBrews. That is M-O-O-N-W-L-K-R.com and the affiliate code is M-B-R-E-W-S. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of CBD, Delta-8, or any of Moonwalker's other products, please visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Enjoy the ride. From 1839
1: to 1889, a vagabond was known to wander a 365-mile loop. He remains one of the most mysterious men of all time. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast? And tonight we bring you the case of The Leather Man.
0: to a deep dark dank moist extremely moist basement somewhere in the bowels of Georgia wow. it's been a minute uh it's back to school uh if you follow us on socials you know uh I've been dealing with some things we are uh, good news is he's home he's better I talked to him yesterday still a medical mystery as to probably why he's still alive but also what happened so he's got daughter's appointments. That's my dad next week. But, uh, Hey, everything's rocking and rolling. We should be back into our gear of churning these I mean, puppies out.
1: I mean, we really haven't missed a week though.
0: No, we haven't, but we, uh, behind the scenes, we've, we've kind of scrambled, but we, we kind of knew this, my week of uh PD was coming. So we kind of prepared and it kind of actually worked out twofold, but, uh, pd pd no one knows
1: what that means
0: professional development there was nothing in four days that i could not have done sitting behind a computer so always works that way always works that way
1: every uh teacher's meeting i've ever had could have easily been an email
0: easily easily I uh, saw a great meme today that said, "True uh, leaders that don't know how to lead, micromanage. And I was like, I need a t-shirt with that on there. But anyway, so uh, with that said, I um, was Didn't telling
1: you. Did uh, you experience an attack yesterday?
0: Yes, that's what I was about to get into. So yesterday I had to get out of the house, had to, you know some nervous energy to get rid of. So I decided I'd go and do some trim work with the old push mower before my son mowed the grass. And so I made one too many passes around the stump and uh, just so happened to get attacked by yellow jackets. And as a dog fan, I do not like yellow jackets, but I want to tell you as an individual, if you are out there and you think yellow jackets are something that this society and the world needs, you've lost your mind because (laughs) it felt like someone shot me point blank with a pellet rifle. When it hit me in the ankle, I thought, man, that might be an ant. And then when the second one hit me behind the knee, I knew exactly what was happening, and I ran like Dion Sanders had just intercepted one and took it to the house. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was my Saturday there. So, you know, we are recording on a Sunday. So uh, come to find out, after you get older, uh, things that you weren't allergic to when you were younger, you start... Um, Becoming allergic to. So I had like two baseballs on my legs. And while it was not anaphylactic, it was uh Benadryl, which knocked me out, and Tylenol and ice and elevation. You'd have thought I'd played football. But you know, you know, it's the joys of being elderly. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean.
0: Hey, uh one thing I did want to do before we go any further, our super fan heater. He has got bacterial pneumonia.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah, he's been in the hospital for a couple of days now. Uh, the if you follow our Bruce crew Facebook, what's it called? Fan page maybe. You it's are in a group. group? Yeah, the group. group. Okay. It's just a group. If
1: you okay. haven't joined, you should.
0: Yeah, because we admit everybody. There's 290 of us strong. So let's get that up to 300 people. Um, we do cool little welcome aboard. You get to know our real names, what we do, so uh, slowly pulling the veil back. But anyway, Heater's wife has kept everybody up to date. It's a long recovery for Heater, but Heater, I know you're listening to Podcast Buddy. We wish you the best. I hope you a speedy recovery, man. I know that stu- any kind of pneumonia is awful, and bacterial has got to be 10 times worse, but uh, I hope you're doing well, Heater.
1: Is I- it, though? I mean, what's wrong with viral pneumonia? Why are you so biased?
0: Well, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you do have a point because if it's bacteria Why are you here on viral pneumonia, because bacterial does relate to more, I guess, medicine than a viral does. So maybe you have a point. You don't know. I, you're right. I don't. No I'm just idea. winging. I'm winging it. But I will tell you this: <laughs> Do not web MD, uh, Yellow Jackets things. You may think that you're going to have a heart attack.
1: Well, I tend to avoid yellow jackets, but...
0: Well, I do, too, and this is... I
1: don't do any yard work. I don't do... I don't really do anything outdoors. I'm just not a fan.
0: Well, I'm I'm not anymore. Trust me. I'm not (laughs) anymore. All right, let's do this, man. We are going to talk about the old leather man. Very
1: strange character.
0: I never heard of this until Coach sent me a link, and I was like, what?
1: I know, and I failed to do any research again.
0: Oh. I know everybody in podcast land is...
1: I'm not, like, committed (laughs) to this podcast the way I should be.
0: Well, you know, it is hot outside.
1: I should really do more.
0: (laughs) Coach, you do everything you're expected to do.
1: Just like you were like, hey, do you have your opening? Of course you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Which was right, by the way.
0: That's right, baby. All right, but, but, hey, but... They call him one-take coach for a reason. He nailed it. I
1: I did do it in one take. That is true. It might not be the greatest, but I did it.
0: No stuttering either. I was impressed. (laughs) (laughs) So in the 1800s, a man wearing a leather suit from head to toe walked a 365-mile circuit between the Connecticut and Hudson Rivers, sleeping in caves and completing this journey in exactly thirty-four days. Yep. The most amazing thing was he that did he
1: like clockwork.
0: He kept it up for many, many years.
1: About thirty.
0: Well, that's still many. Day. That's many. Yeah. That's a that's a good amount. That's a fair amount. Yeah. I mean, for the eighteen hundreds, that's a that's a pretty good bit. <laughs> <laughs> so no one knows who he was or why he would make this journey, but the legend of the old leatherman lives on to this day. His leather suit was made from old boot tops that he would sew by hand using leather lace.
1: I mean, yeah, no matter what the temperature was, full body leather.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's committed.
1: Um, He definitely was, but good Lord, he had to get hot.
0: And stink.
1: (laughs) There's no word on
0: that. Yeah, there's nothing in there, but I'm just thinking summertime in a full leather suit. You might want to bathe more than once a day.
1: Yeah, my my research did not uh, unveil his smell.
0: No, mine either. But (laughs) his, what they called the boot suit, weighed an estimated 60 pounds.
1: Good
0: lord. He would walk a clockwise, 365-mile circle, like I said, between the Connecticut and Hudson Rivers. His journey was so punctual that people in the area could tell time by his schedule. An unnamed man stated that if the Leatherman came by your house around 10 in the morning, he would be there, give or take, five minutes. The Leatherman's loop wound through the towns, and I'm just giving these towns a shout-out because I don't know... If they ever get a shout out. But Brewster, North Salem, Ridgefield, Branchville, Georgetown, Reading, Danbury, Woodbury, Watertown, Thomaston, Terryville, Bridgewater, Waterbury, Bristol, Forestville, New Britain, Berlin, Old Saybrook, Guilford, Branford. Oh. East Haven, New Haven, Stratford, Bridgeport, Trumbull, Norwalk, New Canaan, Stamford, Greenwich, White Plains, Armonk, Chappaqua, Ossining, Mount Kisco, Bedford Hills, Pound Ridge, Yorktown, Peekskill, Summers, Derby, Woodbridge, Nogatuck, Hamden, Southington, Burlington, Middletown, Meriden, Portland, and finally... Last but not least, the town of Wilton. And these are about three of those. There was a ton of them. I didn't even know what state it was in, but they're in Connecticut and New York. And I figured that if I kept saying the state, it would take 10 times longer. And I didn't want to do that. So, (laughs) (laughs) like I had said earlier, the Leatherman slept in caves and other natural shelters. There he would tend gardens and store food. He walked through more than 40 towns on his route. And one of the oddities about the Leatherman was that he did not speak very much. He would occasionally grunt some broken English or a phrase in French, which was believed to be his native tongue. A Burlington.
1: Yes, he was definitely fluent in French. Yes. I know that.
0: A Burlington Free Press article from April 7, 1870, noted the, quote, leather-clad man rarely spoke using only monosyllables or grunts and gestures but capable of some broken English. People began offering the Leatherman food, considering it an honor if he stopped by their home. Some schools let the best student go outside to give him food when he passed by on what they referred to as Leatherman Day. But no one ever knew who he was or why he lived the way he did. It's a mystery that Dan DeLuca has been studying for more than 20 years. And he started his research after a heart transplant forced him to retire from his career, even penning a book on The Odd Traveler. And he is quoted as saying, A lot of people, when they get a heart transplant, don't make it. They pass away. And I think the old Leatherman gave me something to live for, and he's kept me alive, end quote. It is theorized that the Leatherman was born around 1839 and was first spotted around 1857. Now, among his few worldly possessions was a French prayer book, and rumors circulated that he was originally from Picardy, France, or somewhere in French Canada. He would decline meat on Fridays, so it was presumed that he was Roman Catholic. Miss M. Louise Bouton, born in 1889, recalled the Leatherman quote, came around once a year, always to the east side of the house. He would knock on the leader, drain pipe. Mother would give him coffee and some sandwiches. He would say, thank you so much, lady, but never look at you. He was dressed all in brown leather. No one was afraid of him." End quote. So 10 different Connecticut villages even passed a local ordinance to specifically exempt him from the state's 1879 anti-vagrancy tramp law. Once in 1888, the Connecticut Humane Society had him arrested and hospitalized, however, he was found to be, quote, sane, except for an emotional affliction, end quote. And he was released.
1: What in the world is an emotional affliction?
0: Probably the fact that he's carrying around 60 pounds of leather on his body and he's tired.
1: (laughs) I would happen to agree.
0: Desiring freedom and apparently possessing the money to travel, he was left to his own devices in the countryside. How exactly the Leatherman came into his money was never known. One local store reportedly kept a record of a usual resupply order, which was paid in person before the Leatherman moved on. It consisted of one loaf of bread, a can of sardines, one pound of fancy crackers, a pie, two quarts of coffee, one gill of brandy, and a bottle of beer. He's got his priorities. What in the hell is fancy crackers? I don't, I guess it's not hardtack stuff, what I was trying to, I guess it would be like our saltines because hardtack from what I can gather is damn near inedible, but it'll keep you alive.
1: Well, yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, I would like to know what the equivalent of one gill of brandy is today, but he did get brandy and beer along with his, uh, his rations. So, Hey, he's a man of, uh, he would fit in, in the brews crew. I will tell you that. The Leatherman's body was found on March twenty fourth, eighteen eighty nine, in a sawmill woods cave in Mount Pleasant.
1: Just so you know, one gill is point zero three one two liquid gallons. So So not much.
0: Half a a quarter of a gallon.
1: Yeah, so So basically a a quarter of a gallon. So a
0: quarter. Quarter of brandy.
1: You know, it's definitely not what we consume.
0: No. No, no. I bet it it kept him warm during the winter, though.
1: (laughs) Pretty sure it would.
0: So his body was found in Mount Pleasant on what was then the farm of George Dale. Despite his harsh life, he had not lost any digits to frostbite and appeared in good health. His cause of death was determined to be mouth cancer from the use of chewing tobacco. He was laid to rest at Sparta Cemetery along Route 9, in nearby Ossining, New York, with the following engraved on his tombstone. Final resting place of Jules Bourgolet of Lyons, France, quote the Leatherman, who regularly walked a 365-mile route through Westchester and Connecticut from the Connecticut River to the Hudson, living in the caves of, in the years 1858 to 1889. Now, what is odd is the name Jules Bourgolet, was originally attributed to an 1884 article in the Waterbury Daily American. However, this was retracted the day after the Leatherman passed. It was also retracted on March 25th, 26th, and 27th of 1889, as well as in the Meridian Daily Journal on March 29th of 1889. So, Jules Burgolay was not his real name. Still, the erroneous tombstone remained in place until 2011, when construction along Route 9, just 16 feet away from the grave, led to the decision to exhume and rebury the Leatherman in a new plot within the cemetery. Plans were also made to test the body to possibly help determine the Leatherman's true origins. However, just as mysterious as the Leatherman was, this was not to be. Archaeologists, soil scientists, and amateur historians filled a tent over the grave site of the Leatherman that day. And Connecticut State Archaeologist Nick Bellantoni was the main person carefully scraping at the ground with a small trowel. All that was found where the Leatherman was laid to rest were some nails and a few animal bones. But that's it. There was no trace of the Leatherman.
1: You know what I just realized? During my opening, I gave the date of his Birth and death. I was wrong.
0: It won't be because the last time.
1: Yeah. I said, uh, I said 1839 to 1889, which was basically his life. So, yeah. I apologize. I did not get the dates right.
0: I think they basically included his travels when they first saw him. So, 39 would probably, I, th- I think that's when they assumed he was born so i don't I mean, technically you may be wrong but uh, you know let's go with your right coach you're right <laughs> i'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> i
1: messed up i apologize to all the listeners out there
0: so the mystery of the leatherman deepened from people not knowing who he was to not knowing where he is quote yeah He's having a good old laugh at the expense of us, Bell and Tony says. The archaeologists and scientists held a funeral for the old Leatherman and reburied some of the dirt where they believed he decomposed. The old Leatherman died more than 120 years ago, but the mystery surrounding his legend is now stronger than ever. God, I mean,
1: honestly, to think that we're just going to be turned into dirt, man.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: That's a scary thought.
0: Probably a couple of nails from the wooden coffin's all that survived. Everything else ashes to ashes, dust to dust.
1: That's why I don't want to waste the time. I don't want to be in a coffin. I want to I want to just
0: put you in some spicy chili.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. But the body farm in Knoxville, that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because once your bones, you get stored underneath Neyland Stadium, which is, as you know, oh, the greatest
0: football mm, venue of mm, all time. Mm, mm. That's hard to. That's hard to hear. You know it's true though. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I know I mean, a lot of people. I know on Saturdays there's about a hundred thousand people that think it's true. I mean, Sanford Stadium. Blech. <laughs> hey. Side side note, a guy that we worked with that played at Georgia said that there used to be an old drainage tunnel that run under the field and freshmen used to have to run the length of it as kind of a hazing thing. He said when he was a freshman he had to do that. He said that was the spookiest, nastiest smell in place he had ever seen. He said it has since been cemented up.
1: <laughs> well, if if the person you're referring to is who I think it is, he was definitely a legend at Georgia. <laughs>
0: So, the theories and rumors of the Leatherman. So, Jules Burgolay, who they assumed but then uh, retracted, was the disgraced suitor of the daughter of one of France's foremost leather speculators. Having inadvertently brought about the financial ruin of the Laurent family, Burgolay fled France, mysteriously surfaced in Connecticut. His first recorded appearance occurred in Harwinton, in 1858, and embarked on his lifelong and wordless penance. This still persistent tale has since been debunked. I believe they actually found where Mr. Burgolay was laid to rest. Another rumor is that he was in love with a wealthy French heiress who was denied to him after he accidentally burned down her father's factory, and possibly home, killing her, thus fleeing to America. He himself was wealthy but fell in love beneath his station and suspected his parents had his love murdered. His restless spirit still haunts the path along Buckout Road. Local Leatherman historian and author, Dan W. DeLuca, who we had referenced having the heart transplant, has raised funds for a new, more accurate memorial, and so a new coffin was filled with the original coffin nails and burial soil. DeLuca placed four pennies on top of the local legend, and again they laid the Leatherman to rest with a new grave marker that simply reads... The Leatherman. Many of the locations along the Leatherman's route in both Connecticut and New York have both geocaches and letterboxes near them. And there is one town in Connecticut that still has the annual Leatherman 10K every year. The legend of the Leatherman was the subject of a 1984 video documentary shown on Connecticut Public Television. His legend also inspired a song by Pearl Jam titled... Leatherman. I have not looked on YouTube, but I you know how you can find just about everything else. I wonder if that Connecticut Public Television documentary is on there. Could be, could not
1: be. One way to find out, my friend.
0: I know, we could do it. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the tale of the Leatherman. Coach, what do you think? Do you think he was just a French Canadian that had enough worldly possessions that he enjoyed walking? Or do you think one of those rumors that he was running from some checkered past?
1: I mean, I honestly don't know. I mean, he clearly was walking away from something, but I don't know why he chose to do what he did. It really doesn't make sense to me.
0: No, it doesn't. And I think that's part of the legend that people love about up there is – as hard as everyone has tried to figure it out, he's just going to remain one of the mysteries that each little town that he visited can hang their hat on. So I, I think mean, that's one of the, the the good things about this tale is that we will never know who he was.
1: I mean, maybe he just fell on hard times and just decided to, you know, be a bum.
0: Maybe he, a Maybe he was the first prepper.
1: But it still doesn't make sense. The outfit, I mean, 60 pounds of leather, that doesn't make sense to me.
0: No, the only thing I could think of with the leather would be if he traveled the tr- like tr- true trails to caves and things, and that would keep him from getting nicked and cut, which could turn into an infection. Also would stave <laughs> off snake bites.
1: Well, that makes sense. But, But,
0: like you said, in the summertime, that's still lots of weight to be carrying around, even in Connecticut and and New York. 60
1: pounds of leather in the dead of summer. Like, we're talking August 1st. I couldn't do it.
0: And if y'all don't think it gets hot up, it does. Sometimes it gets so hot up, they cancel school. (laughs) Because they don't have air conditioning. That's true. No, it is. Uh there was another guy we worked with from uh, New York. He, I still keep in touch with him. They canceled school two summer – well, you know, they go almost to uh, the end of June. They canceled school like the second week of June one year because they don't have – their schools don't have air conditioning. And it got – I think the high that day got up like 95, 93, 95. He said they were out of school. It's crazy, man. They make, fun, they make fun of us for uh, canceling school with a dust and the snow, but, hey, we'll go to school when it's 117 outside, no questions asked.
1: Shit, it's 117 outside almost every freaking day at the beginning of school. Amen. feel like, October. Yeah.
0: And we'll put them little kids on a non-air-conditioned bus down here in Georgia, but <laughs> most of those buses have been replaced with air-conditioned buses. Well,
1: if they don't make it. That's just, you
0: know. Law of nature.
1: Natural causes, man. That's just uh, natural selection, rather. That's
0: right. We're trimming the fat. We're trimming the fat.
1: They got to make it. They got to be tough.
0: Yes, they do. If
1: you're going to be dumb.
0: You got to be tough. You got to be tough. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) man. So, uh, recommendation times. If you like spy thriller type shows the terminal list on amazon prime is a very good psychological thriller i watched the first episode before i left uh town for my lovely lovely trip and it'll leave you asking a lot of questions it's all the whole season's already released you can watch all i think there's nine episodes you can watch them all uh after the first one you're kind of questioning whether what you believe is true or not so um it's very very, 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 very good.
1: You know, I still haven't checked out the old man, which you oh. recommended a few weeks ago.
0: Keep don't do it until the season's over and you can binge it, man. Don't, cause I it's it's hard for me to wait each week.
1: <laughs> oh, well, then I will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your recommendation, sir? Uh,
1: my recommendation is a YouTube page called Scary Mysteries. I've recommended it before, but it is very good. And he puts out um, various videos a month, but he also uh, puts out the strangest and scariest mysteries of each month. Ooh. So current stuff.
0: Sweet. There's a lot of them going on here lately. Lots of them. Uh, Local in uh, Between Us. No, not Between Us. Is it? I don't know. Uh, Ella Jay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh there's the K River up there a lady photographed a big cat in a tree and when I say big cat it looks like a leopard uh so the theory of big cats running around this one was not black it appears to be someone exotic pet they kind of said you know what eh, the mountains of North Georgia might be a good place for this thing to live so if you live up around elijay and um i think it's yeah, walnut ridge
1: definitely not between us
0: north of you too northeast of you probably northeast
1: it is of you. East, east almost directly east
0: it's due north of me yeah. but if you north are east. if you are interested in the big cat thing that is The hot thing right now in North Georgia. So, there's a lot of people that's, you know, telling tales again. So, I'm sure there's other things out there that you can read. But what she took a picture of, definitely you can tell. That ain't no kitty cat. That is a murder-taloned cat right there. All right, Coach. You got anything else? Oh, I I don't have it. I I never have anything. (laughs) Well, Deuces.